Hi, Deborah. Welcome to Strategically Winging It. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Sonia, for having me. I feel so nervous. <laughs> um, I, I actually rarely do podcasts, but um, yeah, I'll do anything for you. So you've got me out here recording with my headphones on. <laughs> I just want to say how brave you are to be doing some things which make you nervous, right? Coming out of your comfort zone. But on, on, the, on the other side, I would never think you'd be nervous because you're running a massive business. How does that make sense, Deborah? How can you be nervous talking to me in a podcast when you are talking to investors, leaders, and, you know, uh, kind of founders every day? It's so weird because I think running the type of business I do, um, which is very community-facing, when I'm speaking to various stakeholders, I'm representing my community or the community, and I want to always do them justice. So every time I see someone, I'm like, which, like what, how would I want my community to be represented like what thoughts would I want to get across and so I'm able to like lift up my shoulders I'm able to be more bold but then when it comes to stuff that's just about me I'm like oh that's like little Deborah like <laughs> then I get a bit nervous I need to think more about how I want to come across how I want to represent myself which is something I'm working on um but yeah I guess that's what makes it a little bit easier no and that makes a lot of sense so tell us about this community um you know definitely for our listeners who haven't had the experience of meeting you or they don't know about YSYS just tell me how did it start where where did you think it was going to go and and most importantly where is it today yeah cool um so YSYS stands for your startup your story so currently we're a startup community and we design and deliver programs for both entrepreneurial talent um, and individuals that are um, trying to start careers within tech so we run a program called Founders Door, which consists of a pre-accelerator, office hours and events. And we also have another program called Talent Door, which is again a series of scholarship programs, online content and recruitment events and more. Um, since 2017, we've um, been able to provide access to opportunities in tech for over 10,000 individuals. Um, I have an amazing team, a core team of four with an extended um, contracting team of 12. We've worked with organizations such as Niantic Labs, the creators of Pokemon Go, the Mirab London, LinkedIn, BP Ventures, uh, the Financial Times. We've been featured in articles such as the Evening Standards to Forbes. But I think what's really so fantastic about this community is the members that exist within it. Um, so I'll give one story about one of our scholars. So we have this tech career scholarship program for, which we launched with the mayor of London in February for 10 young, amazing black men to get careers within tech. Um, and we partnered up with this platform called Jolt, which is an ed tech platform where you can learn different online courses and they're backed by Local Globe. And, you know, across the, the four weeks, they were learning everything from how to build up their LinkedIn profile, the fundamentals of UX design and more. And COVID happened and we were like super worried, like how's their confidence going to be, their mental well-being, but obviously, you know, how are they going to find these careers? How are they going to get their opportunities? And an individual in the group, um, called Claude, he managed to secure an internship in UX and UI designing um, at a startup within our network. And that's been absolutely encouraging for our community, encouraging for the team to see that even during these crazy times, our community is still winning or they're still reaching the goals that make them feel comfortable, that makes them thrive. And so despite all our accolades and all the amazing programs we run, it's really those stories that represent the heart of what we do and, and helps us move forward. So you've talked a lot about the successes and I can honestly say that the whilst I've been following you, I've seen you grow and grow and grow and I see your blue branding everywhere, right? So that's what makes YSYS. Like I love it and that staple blue 
I know that when I was doing my new color palette, I was like, I can't use that because that's a YSYS palette. <laughs> YSYS blue. And that's what it's known as. How no, speak you... to Facebook about that. <laughs> I mean, I've got to speak to Facebook about a lot of things. So <laughs> if they pick up my course to begin with, I don't think they're going to pick up my course now. How did you start? Because obviously the successes are here and you're growing and, you know, but did you did you kind of wake up one day and you're like, right, I'm going to build this? Was it a combination of um, different forums that you were in or did you did you yourself go on some kind of accelerator? No one really knows the starting journey. Interesting. Um, neither. Like, I think for a lot of members in our community, I probably had the same journey in terms of um, one, you know, discovering this whole ecosystem, this startup ecosystem that was super exciting and figuring out how do I get in. And so I started my journey um, working within immigration law. You know, I went to university like any other Nigerian uh, <laughs> person, wanted to be a lawyer. That didn't quite work out. And I found myself doing, I found myself in a business development role at this law firm. And within six months in, um, my manager got made redundant. And she'd been working there for 10 years. And I just couldn't get it through my head. I was like this 23-year-old, and I just couldn't understand how someone could be working for this organization, putting so much time in, you know, serving them, and they're just going to let them go just like that. And I remember we sat in her office, and we were figuring out how she's going to sell seeds in order to make ends meet. And at that, at that moment, it really clicked, like, you have to have something more you have to be given so much more into the world that even if your title, even someone takes away your title, you'll still be able to give back. You'll still be able to operate. You'll still be able to move. Um, so when she left, what happened is that I ended up being in, um, I ended up being left in the office alone. And so I spent all my time just browsing the internet. Then I'm like, <laughs> and I think at the time I was using, I just got on Twitter, I think. And um, I came across Eventbrite. And they were doing this event called Startup Weekend, which was a hackathon for two days. And I was like, great, I paid 70 pounds. I wouldn't recommend anyone paying that much <laughs> for an event. But um, I went and we, within three days, you know, I built a startup from scratch. Um, there were so many different people. I met, you know, marketers, developers, um, people that just wanted to come and create. And actually as well, the founder of Patch was also at that event. Um, I still do pinch myself and wish I joined that team, but I decided to join another team. Um, oh and when I was in that ecosystem, I just thought, I constantly, I constantly want to be here. I want to be in this place. And the people that were organizing the hackathon, I really admired them because they were able to create an environment where I felt comfortable, even though I didn't have all these technical skills. And I was like, I researched, what's this role? Community manager, program manager. And so um, after that event, I worked for various companies and got my CV out there. So I worked for various accelerator programs, investment readiness programs, co-working spaces. And along that journey, I ended up getting made redundant myself, right? So what happened to my manager, the same thing was happening to me. And then the day I got made redundant, I was interviewing a coach to come and deliver um, a workshop on the mm -hmm. accelerator program. And he asked me how old I was, which I thought was very unprofessional. But he was just like, oh, my God, like, i never seen a young black girl in this scene before. I'm like, oh, bitch, now you have. <laughs> and he was just like, and then I was like, yeah, I've got this meeting with my manager. Um, well, actually, my CEO. I've got a meeting with my CEO. And I don't know how it's going to go. He's like, mm. And he was like, yeah, I'm a pro for you. And I was like, well, I'm thinking I'm probably going to get a promotion. And he's there, you know, being anti. And I ended up going to that meeting. And that's when they told me I was redundant. 
But I told myself, you know what, again, same thing. Just because someone takes away your title doesn't mean you're going to stop doing what you're going to do. So I remember the last week I worked, I had to organize a investor lunch, bringing loads of startups and investors together. And I honestly have been organizing so many investor lounges, but it's only at that moment where I stood at the door and I looked and I said, no one in this room looks like me. Wait, I've been doing so many of these and no one in this room looks like me. Everyone is a white, bold man, apart from one person. And that one person was Chuck Warner. And she was the only female investor in that room. And I said, I'm going to follow you. We've got to connect. Let's stay in contact. And then the next week, I ended up going to the launch of UK Black Tech. And I remember I had two choices that night. Um, so there was this Valentine's, Black Valentine's Day night, which was actually organized by BYP. Um, and, you know, they've had such an amazing journey. And then there was UK Black Tech. And I said, OK, which event am I going to go to? I obviously went to BYP's Valentine's Day night because I was trying to catch myself a man. Um, <laughs> but after that, <laughs> after that, you know, there's about 30 minutes left to go to UK Black Tech. So I thought, right, I'm running across Shoreditch. So let me go. And I got there and there was like 200 black people in that room. And I was like, damn, 200. Where have you been my whole career? And I thought, I need to connect with everyone. Um, so anyway, I left, I left the job that I was in and I thought, you know what? I, I was at the time, I was a super introverted. I just discovered Twitter. I said the best way to learn is to learn from others and hear the mistakes that they've made or the lessons that um, they're acquiring and going on and, and be better. And so I just started to DM people, literally. I would just DM. I was like, hey, check. And I saw you a week ago. I'm starting this WhatsApp group. Would you mind joining? Hey, so and so, I'm starting this WhatsApp group. Would you mind joining? And 30 people ended up joining, which was great. I remember one time we added someone who was a teacher. And they left, and it was the first time someone left, and everyone was like, damn, someone left the group. <laughs> oh, good. And I was like, okay, we've got to have a bit of moderation here. So I started a quick Google form, and I just said, anyone that joins, put in your details in here, and then, you know, put a mention of who referred you. Um, and that really helped kind of understand the data of individuals that were joining a WhatsApp group. And I discovered this new thing called Slack. I had never used Slack before. <laughs> and I was like, Slack, I was like, okay, cool, you can have these chats. It's like you can have different channels. It's proper organized. Um, so I said, cool, I've got to move everyone over to Slack. So I went into the WhatsApp group. I was like, we're moving over to Slack. I was like, no, we've got to keep WhatsApp. I said, no, we'll move it to Slack. It's more efficient. And for, the, for a whole month, every Friday, I used to have Slack onboarding. So I'd invite people into WhatsApp group to we'd meet up in Citizen M. And I literally sit down, everyone, and say, "This is how you send. This is how you use Slack. This is how you send an emoji. This is how you have a private DM conversation. This is how you upload pictures." And gradually, I closed the group, and we lost about thirty percent of those people. But the rest that came on board, you know, it's really important when building a community that you focus on those kind of hyper users that you know that ten percent of your community, um, and because they really define the culture and the practices. So yeah, I don't know if that really tells you how we started, but at least that tells you how we moved over to Slack. <laughs> That, that tells us a lot. So one of the reasons why I wanted to create this audio podcast and just share the learnings of founders, especially, is because from the outside, the perception is, oh, you had it all under control, or you you had funding, or you had investors, or you had people that were into it. And actually, your story shows us that you didn't necessarily have interest or funding or investors all community members that even wanted to stay, but what you did was you took them on that journey with you and that mm. made a significant impact. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think it's so important when building a community that, just to echo what you said, that you are taking them on a journey with you or you're going on that journey with them. 
right? And understanding what their needs are, what their challenges are. Um, and I think it's always better to build with rather than for. Um, and that's when you get something that's more organic and more fit for purpose. Did you think that WhatsApp group would be the YSYS it is today? Hell no. Hell no. Like, it's it's so unreal. Like, I pinch myself. I'm not going to lie. I really do because a WhatsApp group is paying my bills. A WhatsApp group is allowing people to achieve dreams. A WhatsApp group is allowing my team to work on something that's so impactful. A WhatsApp group literally is what's got me to City Hall what like it's just crazy um I never thought we'd, you know get there and I think um you know all credit to the, our community members that have allowed us to grow in the way that we have like yeah me. do you remember in the beginning any comments that people said to you or said about you or any kind of um any any let's say anytime someone thought it was a silly idea they made fun of you and the same people what they're saying today so for example when I started like-minded females I remember Genuinely, the comments were, we don't need another feminist network or haha, what are you ladies going to go talk about lipsticks and gossip and, uh, you know, you know, moan about men? Is that what you're doing? Is that what your branches are? And now the same people have come back two years later and they said, wow, you're doing great. How do we get involved? How do we uh, join? But most importantly, you know, we want to support you. And I just think it's crazy that if I'd listened to those uh kind of both demons in my head and negative comments from people outside I wouldn't be here today yeah no 100% I think it's interesting because I do think part of when I was starting by why so early is I didn't necessarily have um a core group of friends or anything outside of just going to work so when it came to building a community I was so intentional with the energies that I was bringing in to, um, to connect with others and I think I was lucky in the sense that everyone in that community had such a positive mindset uh, but you almost feel like you're in this bubble of like positivity <laughs> and people are just like how can I support you how can I help you grow and I think the content that I was listening to at the time you know whether it was like Brian Chesky or Sam Altman about how they how to build a startup and also understanding as a founder you're an anomaly right you because you think this thing you're building is going to work um, and it might not be like you might be the 10% and it's already just having that understanding from the get-go that you're doing something that no one else is doing and you are taking a risk and being comfortable within that position to then be okay if you make a mistake or or if you win. I think I had that mindset from the get-go, so nothing really scared me because I'm like, wait, like Amazon's like this massive company. Yeah, their shares are good, but they ain't even profitable. Like I'm like, he's making mistakes. Like, what? Don't put anything on me. <laughs> it's such a solid statement, right? It's people are mi- making mistakes. And so mistakes and failure is definitely, definitely what's going to help us grow and help us thrive. That's that's exactly what we're talking about now, but exactly what we talk about when we talk in, in private. That's what we talk about over lunch and over dinner. It's not all the great things that are happening. It's, right, I've messed up and I don't know what to do, or this conversation hasn't gone how it's meant to. Or I remember telling you that before Christmas, we had a very large, um, reputable company take me for breakfast and you know they were giving me 10k and they were like right this is your money but you we want you we want to work with you and then they ghosted me since like they took me out they bought me breakfast they they made me that promise and they haven't got back to me and for a very long time I blamed myself and I was like wait maybe it's something I've done maybe it's the way I was maybe it's and I internalized a lot 
you've said energy and that's such a strong word that I want to get into that I also had to change my energy I had to surround myself with good people with founders entrepreneurs side hustlers who wanted to to grow but also wanted to support me and I see that you're talking a lot about energy a lot about positivity a lot about that community support especially on your socials so is that something that you've always been into is that something that you've currently found through mistakes learning failures you know I believe in God (laughs) Um, I believe that he is the author of our destiny Um, but also I do want to backtrack a, a little bit on having someone that didn't necessarily believe and this is a really important story so actually the company that I got made redundant from it really did knock a bit of my confidence because you don't know if you really got fired or if it was like a cash flow problem right it took a lot of time and a lot of community and a lot of friends to help me really build up the armor that I needed to go back into the the world of work and um what's interesting is that a year later that company that I work for is one of our biggest clients whilst we you know why size was a slack group and said we've, we've got this project we want to work with you and I just I looked back and I thought wow I didn't I could have never seen that coming but because of all the growth because of all the work that I was doing within myself and ensuring that actually I was focused on our core mission and growing this community they were able to see that, that I didn't have to go out and do the advocacy and I always tell people let your good work let your community do the advocacy for you because those that are right for you or right for your organization will come along um so I just think that's super important but then Connecting that to spirituality, I think being intentional in everything you do, but also, you know, I have this really great saying that, you know, if a flower isn't growing, you change the environment. Nothing's necessarily wrong with that flower. Um, and I think that's the that's the kind of method or that's the one of the sayings that I live by. And I'm like, if I'm not feeling great right now, if I'm not operating great right now, then what, what's, what's my environment telling me? Like, who am I hanging around with? What am I reading? Um, and what am I also telling myself? And I think this, you know, not to get to or personal development, but I think as a founder, as a CEO, it is so fundamental that you are strong, which is a subjective word, but you are confident or that you're able to take time out to self-reflect because when you're not operating at your best, it begins to seep into the culture of your organization. You know, it begins to affect your team, it begins to affect your stakeholders, it begins to affect your community. So fundamentally, if you want to do right by your end users, you need to do right by yourself first and you need to take out time to work on yourself. And taking out time, it's not like, oh, I'm just tick boxing meditation. It's actually, you know, put this into your daily week. This is take out time for myself. Put that in the calendar. Let everyone on the team know. It's so important. And ever since I started doing that, my work ethic has thrived. My work positivity has thrived. Um, this whole, like, COVID world has brought us back to the core of wise wise um, and really advocating for our communities when they're not heard in certain places. Thank you for sharing that message. When we spoke after Christmas... You said, and I, I found this very interesting, is that when a new person joins your team, you ask them to fill out some kind of report or paper to show how they like to be worked with. I don't, obviously, I'm not, I'm not able to explain it as well as you are. <laughs> but I think that's such a key fundamental learning that a lot of founders and entrepreneurs and even leaders are getting wrong, is that they want to be communicated with or on on their level and they expect other people to communicate with them you know on their level but actually what you're doing is you're flipping that narrative you're saying right how do you prefer what is your preference how do I make it accessible for you and then we can thrive together so do you have do you want to go into that a little bit because I, I personally have so much um so much goodness from it yeah no definitely so it's what we call a user manual so everyone that joins the team we ask them to put together a user manual in terms of 
um, how they like to work. I wish I could get it up now, but um, there's a few questions that they're free to answer, which is how they like to work, when do they best um, thrive, what their um, personality type is, what their star sign is, um, what others think they could do better. Um, and there's a series of questions. I'll probably share it with you and you can share it with others. Um, but yeah, that really just allows us to be transparent. I think also from a diversity perspective, it's super important to us. So if you have something that you don't necessarily disclose, but if we're able to create a safe environment where everyone's just talking about, hey, like I like to take my dogs for a walk and also I'm a cancer and I like to have my chair in one place or actually also I have autism. And so da 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 da, da. And it just allows something that someone might feel uncomfortable sharing, share in a safe and open environment because we're all sitting here trying to understand you and want to understand you and get to know you better. But also, again, being the founder um, and the CEO of my organization, if I was to do everything on my terms, it'll be super crazy because I'm always on <laughs> and I can't expect that for everyone. So I'll be like, why, why didn't you go to that email at like 2 a.m. that I sent? It's not going to happen. <laughs> so it's better to design for those that are building along with you um, a culture that's fit for purpose. Mm-hmm. Most um, entrepreneurs, so- founders, yeah, most entrepreneurs, founders and leaders that I've spoken to, they echo what you've just said, and that's you're always on. I know myself as a founder, I'm always on. I don't have a turn off, a switch off button. And that's why I found that having a great advisory board and even more importantly, having a great sense of community, be that the volunteers in your team, be that your employees or be that the the people that you go to, i.e. your shareholders, your stakeholders, your friends, and saying, right, I need you to keep me accountable makes such a big difference that it's helped me really to internalize and to reflect and think right there's certain practices that I need to make sure I either limit or I need to work on um because it's because right now it's fun and it's 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 games and you know there's a mystery to it but eventually it's going to burn me out yeah 100% that accountability is key my favorite thing about you is that you're extremely kind <laughs> i can hand down say that I have been around tons of people. I am always connecting and most importantly, always talking to people. Um, But you are one of the most kindest people I've met. And I don't just mean, I guess, maybe the term people doesn't doesn't play to its strengths, but I mean founder, entrepreneur, businesswoman, and just women in general. You have never hesitated to share your learnings. And I personally think that's as, as an entrepreneur and as someone who's leading her own business, I think that's very well reflected in the work that you're doing. But that's mostly why I think your community is 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 just growing at the capacity that it is, is because you're not saying you're not saying this is my secret. You're saying, right, well, I've learned this and this is what I found. So let me help you do the same thing. And then when you make something of yourself, remember me and then let's see how we can we can help each other. Yeah. Thank you. That's so nice of you. <laughs> um I just I just have this yeah bugbear like I just if someone's taken so long and struggled to learn something and someone else is going through the same journey like why not share it I just you, I don't know I could go on about it because I think running a, a community organization but then also having to be in a space where there's bigger organizations than you and you're playing this whole David and Goliath and you're just this single person or this this individual that sits on multiple intersections it can be slightly intimidating and so I never want any other organization or any other individual to go through those same things and it's like this is what's helped me get through it 
here you go and like let's make all these grassroots communities thrive within this space um or, or founders or black female founders or women of color but yeah i think i i get proper emotional about it actually <laughs> yeah i love it no, it's great so just to start wrapping things up what does the phrase strategically winging it mean to you how would you define it so deborah as we start Summing up and, and coming towards the end, I'd like to ask you, as I do with every um, everyone who comes on this show, how would you define strategically winging it or what does that phrase mean to you? I think for me, it's um, really having the confidence and the passion within yourself um, about whatever you want to put out into the world. So whether that's a project, whether that's a business, whether that's an idea, and then figuring out what the steps are to then execute on that vision and be a strategic and be an intentional um, and ensuring that you're having time to reflect, to review, to assess the metrics or the margins that you're working against um, so that you can actually wing it. That's great. Thank you. And you made uh, you made a couple of points before that, you know, one of the reasons you started the community is because you had that, that lack of friendship or that lack of positive uh, influences around you. So if I was to ask your friends, how would they describe you in three words? Passionate. You're my friend, so you called me kind. <laughs> kind. Sassy. Sassy, I like it. And the last question before we end today's conversation is, as we all know, we live in a content-curated world. Everything needs to be shareable and Instagrammable. So if you could have one quote or one phrase that you want to end things on, that we can, you know, that, that, would, that would sum up how you think who you are, and what you really want to leave as your as your last message, what would it be? Um, so the thing that you think makes you odd or strange um, is actually your superpower. So if you're an introvert, if you're shy, if you like to listen to hip hop while gaming, that thing that you like to do, literally run with it because it will take you so many places and so far. That's beautiful. Thank you. I feel quite emotional after talking to you but in a in an enlightened way you're you're I definitely think you um have another another side hustle coming along which is maybe you know spiritual friendly confident builder or something of that kind (laughs) I'm starting a newsletter sharing musings of this journey um so yeah maybe I might throw in some nuggets and gems in there yeah for sure so how how can people get involved in that newsletter? And most importantly, how can they follow you on socials? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So my socials across Twitter and Instagram is Deborah Kanlar. Same on LinkedIn. Um, if you go on to thisisyswise.com, you can join our community network. And then my newsletter is in the bio of all of my socials, um, Twitter and Instagram. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being brave enough to share your story. And I know how nervous you are in the beginning, but... I really do hope that it gives you the confidence that your story is so powerful and everybody, and I I truly mean everybody needs to hear it. And I look forward to supporting you in the future and just seeing how you personally, as well as YSYLs, completely take over the, the UK, to be honest, at this rate. You're listening to Strategically Winging It, an honest and fun conversation between founders, side hustlers and leaders. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe and do follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at SWI Podcast.